I know that we normally come to Mass because we want to hear good news, but I'm afraid I have some bad news. You're all going to die one day, and then all your stuff is going to belong to someone else. Some of you may be hearing that as good news, like, good, it'll be somebody else's problem, then I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> there is good news in that, but I think we need to unpack it a little bit to, to appreciate it. Right? You can't take it with you when you go. That's, in a nutshell, the message of our readings today. You can't take it with you when you go. And we all know this, but much of the time we live our lives like we don't know it. Right? We don't like to think about it. We don't like to think about it, because when we think about it, we get depressed. But if we think about it a little bit more, if we think about it a little bit more, we see reason to hope, and we can even be joyful. Because if we think about it a little bit more, what it tells us is that the purpose of our life is not all of this accumulated stuff. It's not the grain that we have stored up in our grain houses. It's not accumulated material possessions. Now, does that th mean that material things are bad? No, no, they're not. We, we're material creatures, and we need material things. We need food. We need shelter. We need clothing. Our psalm today, we pray to God, prosper the work of our hands. Right? It's good for us to have these things. And it's good for us to have a surplus of these things. It's good for us to have a little bit of extra because then that puts us in a position where we can share with our neighbors who might not be as fortunate as we are. It's good to have these things. But we need to be in a right relationship with our possessions. You hear me preach a lot about the need to be in a right relationship with God who is above us. And you hear me preach a lot about the need to be in a right relationship with one another, with our neighbor, who is equal to us. But it's also important that we be in a right relationship with the rest of creation that is below us. We need to, to live in right relationship with what's above us, what's equal to us, and what's below us, and not get those things confused or out of order. God has entrusted us with all of physical creation. He made it for us. Right? He made the earth and he made the heavens and he made all the things that are in the earth and the heavens. And then once that stage is set, then he makes us. He makes us to live here, to dwell here. And he gives us in the earth, in our habitat, everything that we need to sustain us. We are what all the rest is for. It's like when you're making an aquarium, right? You, you put all the stuff in the aquarium because you want to, you're going to put fish in there. It's all for the fish, not for itself, right? You have a greenhouse because of the flowers that are in the greenhouse, right? All of creation is for us. We are what it's all for. Right? We're not Puritans. As Catholics, we are not Puritans. We don't think that material creation is bad. We recognize it as good and a gift from God. So Christ doesn't warn us against attachment to material things for that reason. It's not the material things that are bad. It's the misuse of them that's sinful. It's when we relate to them wrongly and use them wrongly that's sinful. So food, for example, is good, but gluttony is a sin. Drink is good, 
but drunkenness is a sin. And so material possessions are good. We even call them goods, right? Our material goods, they are good. But greed is a sin. It's all about having a right relationship with our possessions. Knowing that they exist to serve us, we don't exist to serve them. And when we get that backwards, that's when we run into trouble. Because that's what greed is. Greed is when we have allowed our possessions to possess us. We become obsessed with having more things, or newer things, or nicer things. And that can lead us to other sins like envy, when we see someone else has something that we don't. Oh, I want that thing that they have. Right? And so I get envious of them. Right? And we start to spend all of our time and all of our effort and all of our energy on acquiring stuff to the point where that becomes our life's purpose. And you don't have to be rich for this to be true. You don't have to be a hoarder for this to be true. We're all affected by this to some degree, no matter how much or how little we, we actually own. Right? Maybe you're obsessed with cars. Maybe that's your thing. You're just focused on cars, and you really love nice cars. You may not even own a nice car yourself, but, but you love the idea of it, right? And that becomes your, your obsession. Or maybe for you it's clothing and the need to always have the latest fashion, the latest styles. I can't wear that. That's last fall. You know, I have to have the newest, the newest one. Or maybe it's your book collection that you're really proud of. Or it's electronics, that need to always have the latest gadget, the most up-to-date recent model. You know, I was happy with my 3G phone until the 4G phone came out, and all of a sudden now my 3G phone is junk. Why? It still works perfectly good. 4G, I don't even know what a G is, but I want four of them. I don't want three of them. <laughs> you know? Our culture trains us in this way. The whole advertising industry is geared towards psychologically convincing us that we need more, and we need the newest stuff, and what we have right now is junk, and we need more and more and more and more. The idea of these things can take hold of us. But it's not about the things themselves. It's about our attitude toward them. We think these things will make us happy, but they won't. They won't. They're always going to leave us wanting more. I heard a um, uh, report a few years ago on on a survey that was done. It was an economic survey. And they surveyed a big group of people. I don't know how many. But they asked them, you know, what annual income they felt like they needed to make them happy. What annual income would make them happy? And the interesting thing was the consistency of people's answers. It was amazingly consistent. Everybody thought that to be happy, they just needed to earn 10% more. Didn't matter what they were currently making. The dollar figure didn't matter. They could have been minimum wage workers. They could have had a seven-figure annual salary. But to be happy, they thought they needed about 10% more. That's what we think will be enough. It's never enough. Material things exist to serve us and to serve our needs. That's true. That's what they're for. But the reason why they won't ever make us happy is because to be truly happy, we have to know what we are for. That's what will make us happy, knowing what we are for and living out that purpose in our life. And that's why we need reminders like we have today about the true purpose of ourselves, our true value. The true meaning of our life is not our accumulated wealth. 
Because when we leave this world, we'll leave all that behind. And if that's all we've done, if that's all we've accomplished with our time here on earth, if that's our legacy, our bank accounts, our real estate, our accumulated stuff, then really we have nothing at all. And life is vanity, like Kuhileth says in Ecclesiastes. But life is not a vanity. There is more to the world than what we can measure and store in grain houses and investment accounts. The sad fate of the greedy person who spends his life in pursuit of wealth, it's not because he wanted too much. It's because he settled for too little. God wants us to know the true value of things. And that's why Jesus ends his parable with, Thus it will be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. That's why St. Paul tells us to seek what is above and not what is on earth. We have died in Christ. All of you who have been baptized have died in Christ. We've already died. So we should live like we've already left all of that behind. We don't own it anymore. In the sense that that's not our primary concern anymore. Our primary concern is the treasure that matters to God. We should strive for what is above, not what is on earth. We need to be rich in these things, rich in these things that matter to God. We need to be rich in charity. We need to be rich in generosity, rich in kindness, in gentleness, in patience. We need to be rich in compassion toward one another. We need to be rich in humility, rich in love. We should make ourselves storehouses of this treasure. Be like that rich man in the parable looking around. Where am I going to put all this treasure? We need to be storehouses of that kind of treasure. Now our material possessions that we have, they can hinder us in the pursuit of this heavenly treasure or they can help us. It's all about our attitude. Some people will find it a hindrance. Some people will find material goods a hindrance in their pursuit of heavenly treasure because they know they get attached to material things. Their possessions weigh on their hearts and on their minds, and they distract them from what's important, from what matters to God. And so we're called to embrace poverty in our lives. All of us are called to embrace poverty in our lives in different ways, in one form or another. For you, it might be something as simple as finally cleaning out your garage, right, or decluttering your kitchen so you don't have all that weighing on you anymore, getting rid of some things, right? Or maybe it will involve a more radical thing like St. Francis, literally giving away everything that he owned. There are many ascetics in the church that have done this. St. Francis didn't give away all of his wealth because he thought his wealth was bad. He gave away all of his wealth because he understood that he was weak. He understood that for him, that wealth would pose too strong a temptation and it would get in the way of his pursuit of God. And he didn't want anything to get in the way of that. So he gave it all away. Some of us are called to that kind of radical life. But our material possessions can also help us in the pursuit of heavenly treasure. But they can only do that if we use them rightly and if we hold them loosely. By that I mean we have to understand that nothing we possess is really our own. Not in the end. We just get to hold it for a little while. We get the use of it for now. 
because it really belongs to God, and so do we. So the material things that we have are blessings that are given to us by God to be used for his purpose, to be used for doing God's will. And that's what gives our material possessions value when we use them for God's will, when we use them for his purpose, instead of clinging to them selfishly as if they're the source of our happiness and our fulfillment. Jesus, elsewhere in the Gospels, says, when someone asks you for your tunic, give them your cloak as well. He doesn't instruct us to do this for the good of the one who asked for our tunic. He instructs us to do that for our own good, the good of the one who gives his cloak. Right? It's for our sake, because the one who gives away his cloak is made richer by giving it away. He's made richer in the things that matter to God. And that's the secret, and not allowing your possessions to possess you. It's understanding that the purpose of all these things that we've been given is so that we can give them away. It's so we can learn to let go of them. Because there will come a time when we'll have to let all of them go. And the only thing that we will possess is God. And in the meantime, the only value that our possessions should have for us is in how we're able to use them for God's will. Jesus' parable about the man storing up grain calls to mind another man who stored up grain in the scriptures, Jacob, the son of Isaac. If you're not familiar with his story, go look it up in Genesis. It's uh, quite a tale. But he becomes the chief advisor to the pharaoh in Egypt. And there he stores up grain, not for his own purposes, not for his own you know, gain, his own laziness so he can eat, drink, and be merry, but he stores up grain so that the Egyptians can survive a coming time of famine. Jacob was a good steward of God's gifts. He was blessed by God for this, and he became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. So what's the difference between Jacob and the man in the parable today? It's very simple. Jacob stored up grain for God. The man in the parable stored up grain for himself. That's it. So who are you storing your treasure for? If we have a right relationship with our possessions, if we understand that the things of this world are blessings that are given to us by God to be used for his purpose, and if we hold on to them only loosely so that we're ready to, to give and share freely to those in need, if we don't permit our possessions to possess us, and we understand that there's no amount of wealth on this earth that will ever make us happy because we were made for something higher. If we die to ourself and our selfishness and live in a spirit of generosity, then we will be poor in spirit, but we will be truly rich in what matters to God. And then we will be blessed indeed. <laughs>